Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So like I said before, today we are talking about how do we live as Christians within our family. This is the question that we're going to be reviewing tonight. And as we've done before, we will do this by looking both at the small catechism and, uh, since this is Lent, also at the passion of Jesus. We begin. God's love for you knows no boundaries. God the Father sacrificed his only begotten Son, and God the Son showed humility and passion in laying down his life for his bride, the church. He did this even as the church, through the Apostle Peter, refused to be served in the washing of his feet. And moreover, through Peter, the church, the bride of Christ, even denied knowing him. Yet he did not deter. He would not deter from his goal for his bride, the church. He was patient. He was willing to serve. And his steadfast love for his, in his steadfast love for his bride, the church, even when she wavered for his love or her love for him. And lastly, God the Holy Spirit, he makes our bodies his temple. He lives among the Father's children and the Son's bride, day in and day out. The Bible says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your bodies. Yet we so often disgrace the name of God in our bodies by the things we say, by the things we do, and by the things we think. We so often are not God good children of the Father. And as the church, we are not a good bride to God the Son. And we grieve the Holy Spirit day in and day out by our many sins. Yet, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit does not abandon us. And he does not kick us out of the family. Don't get me wrong, we are free to go from the family, just like any spouse or grown child is free to leave the family. But God will never give up on us. And even if we want to stay, when we want to stay, he is always willing to give us another chance. Look at how much he has invested so far. Sometimes people will come to me and say, I feel like I've finally crossed the line. I feel like there may be no no turning back. I've I've been away far too long in the things I've done. Pastor, I don't... I'm embarrassed to even say them. And yet I let them know. If you want to know how far God would go to get you back, just look at the cross of Jesus. There is absolutely, absolutely nothing that you could do that would not that would keep him from stop loving you you can stop loving him but he will never stop loving you he has given everything 
For God, it was never about what he was going to get out of this deal. If it was about what God was going to get, the Holy Trinity would have never said, let us make man in our image. God knew right from the start that his love for man was going to cost him everything. So why do it? Any business person would have looked at this proposition and said, you know what, this isn't a good deal for you. (laughs) Why don't you get out? (laughs) Why don't you get out while you're ahead? It doesn't make sense. You're not going to get a return for your investment. Well, true love is not a business transaction. It is not self-serving. It is selfless. God's love created us. His love sustains us. And his love has paid everything to save us. Why? Because that is what love does. Love sacrifices. It sacrifices for the sake of the other. When a baby is born, a good parent does not think about what his or her child can do for him or her. They don't say, oh yeah, now I got some dishwashers. (laughs) No. A good parent thinks about what he or she can and has to do for the child. In fact, a baby, in fact, as a baby, what use is the child for the parent? I mean, think about it logically. It is of no use at all. A baby cannot get dinner ready. A baby cannot clean out your garage or mow your lawn. A baby can't get his or her own food. He can't even change his own diaper. He can't do a single thing for himself, let alone do anything for his or her parents. So why does the parent love this child? I don't know. (laughs) But the same way a parent loves a child who causes the parent to sacrifice every day, God loves us. That is what love does. Love gives. Love sacrifices. And it never expects anything in return. As God's children, we should look at the sacrifice that God has made for us and refrain from doing things like crying, whining, or being disobedient. We would rather replace these actions with things like this. Thanksgiving, praise, and obedience. The Bible says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called God's children. We are God's children even now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. This fact that we are now God's children and that we will one day be glorified with Jesus, our bridegroom, by our heavenly Father, it should make us want to live lives of gratefulness. We no longer need to live each day, 
each day and approach each relationship with this question. Although this is what we do, this is not what we should do. We generally approach relationships and situations with this question. What will I get out of it? No, we would rather live each day and approach each relationship asking, what can I put into it? Focusing on the Lord's passion, it affects the way that we fulfill our vocation within our families. A husband sees Jesus take the punishment for his sin. He sees Jesus stand in his place. He sees how Jesus was literally struck in the face and spat upon for him. He was disgraced for him. Then the husband sees Jesus' patience with him and his disobedience. Even when the husband denies knowing him by his words and actions. Jesus still gives his word, still gives food from heaven to the husband each day even when he is ungrateful. Jesus forgives him over and over again, even though the husband's sins have made him ugly and undesirable. The way that Jesus treats the husband, it changes him. It makes him want to be patient with his wife, recognizing that anything his wife has done to him does not does not compare to what he has done to the Lord. It makes him see her as beautiful, even as the winds of time have blown blown back her youthful glow. Even when his wife hurts him, even when she disrespects him, the husband loves her because he knows that she is a person that Jesus died for. The Christian husband knows that Jesus has loved and forgiven him in his worst moments, and he does the same for his wife. In other words, he lays down his life for his wife. And the Christian wife sees how Jesus fulfills her every need. His passion for her is so great that she has all she needs in him. She doesn't have to fight to get attention from her husband because there is one who has already laid down everything for her. She doesn't worry about being loved because God so loves her, so loves her that he gave his only son to die for her. She is complete, not because of what a man can give her, but because of what God has already given her. She is able to show respect and honor to her husband even when she knows that he doesn't deserve it. Why? Because this is pleasing to God who loves her. She is able to forgive him because of how much God has forgiven her. And she is able to stand unafraid because she has a hero who has crossed all boundaries of heaven, earth, death, and hell to win her over. If God is for you, who can be against you? She is able to serve unafraid because she has already been served. 
and parents. You see how God the Father has been patient with you. You know how he has disciplined you, and you know how he has forgiven you. You know how you have failed as a child yourself, and yet your heavenly Father still loves you. Last week, uh, Sunday, we talked about the prodigal son. There is nothing that you have done that Jesus hasn't paid for. The Bible says, The Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained in it. And God has used discipline in your life, not to drive you away from him, not to say, see, I told you so, but rather to draw you close to him. As parents, that is what we want to do, and yet this is not easy at all. Remember, only God is the perfect father, and yet even even Adam and Eve fell. God is your perfect father, yet he does not keep you from sinning. The Bible says, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As a father myself, I can see where I fall short on this. And sometimes, um, and sometimes instead of giving instruction, I hound instruction, so to, so to speak. But we want to remember what God has shown in his dealings with us. It is not about what he gets out of it. If it were, God would have quit a long time ago. We do not act based on whether or not our kids will like us or dislike us. We act out of love, even knowing that they may spit in our face. We praise our children when they do well. We tell them that we love them every day, no matter what they are doing. I remember one time Noah thought that, um, do you still love me? He asked me. It broke my heart. I mean, he just did something silly. But he asked if I still loved him. And I said, Noah, I will always love you. Always. I don't care what you do bad. I don't care how far you go. I will always love you. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is with us. And we punish our children when they do wrong. I tell them sometimes, I do, I'm not allowing you to do this because I love you. It has nothing to do with me not liking you. I like you very much. <laughs> but because I love you, I can't let you do the thing that you want to do. It will hurt you. Parenting is a selfless act that we are able to do because how, of how our Heavenly Father has cared for us. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Being a parent is a hard job. 
And our parents, each one of us here have parents. (laughs) Our parents have made plenty of mistakes in raising us. Yet, we should recognize that we were fearfully and wonderfully made by our Heavenly Father through our parents. Moreover, through His Word, we see what our disobedience has cost our Heavenly Father. And yet we see that our sins cost the death of His only begotten Son. And though it cost Him everything, we also know that He is happy to forgive us and give us a fresh start each and every time. And because of this fresh start, we are able to make things easier on our parents or whomever God has given to take care of you. See, the huge responsibility that has been given to your parents, you see that, and you can respect it, even if they have done a terrible job. And I know that there are parents who have neglected their children. I know there are parents out there who have abused their children. Martin Luther himself didn't have the greatest relationship with his father. Um, and And yet he could respect and tells us that God has given us a commandment that pleases him. In honoring the position and loving the person, even if they're not loving to us. And really... You know what? That's the key of everything we're talking about here. Love isn't based on whether or not we are getting loved. In every single relationship within the family, we're looking at it as people who are loved. In other words, we're first looking at our relationship with God and how He loves us before we look at the relationship with those in our house. And because you have been forgiven, you can look out for your parents the way that Jesus looked out for his mother. Jesus was dying on the cross. He was suffering. And yet, even in his suffering, he took care of his mother's needs. We so often think of our own desires when we are confronted with, uh, with a chore or discipline from our parents. But knowing Jesus frees us and allows us to put aside our desires in order to love, honor, cherish, serve, and obey our parents. We can all see how the selfless love of God that led to our Lord's passion can change the way we interact with our families. By receiving what we need from Jesus' cross, we are able to give, even if our spouse, our children, or our parents do not give back. I, I, tell, I tell everyone in pre-marriage counseling, I want you to realize that you will always give more than this, in this relationship than the other person, at least according to your own thoughts. You see what I mean? Everybody's thinking that they're giving more than the other person is. 
But we don't want to approach it that way. Again, it's not a, the family is not a transaction. It's not for you to be keeping tabs on. These are your first neighbors whose God has given you to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your first neighbors are in your own house. We see how we so rarely give back to God, and yet he always gives to us. And this changes the way we live as Christians within our families. And lastly, we know that God's forgiveness is what has kept us in the family of God. And moreover, our willingness to openly confess our sins against our family members, uh, at least to our family members that we have sinned against, it's important that we confess those sins, whether they forgive us or not. And when we do this, when you say, I'm sorry, it shows that you have a desire to stay in this relationship. And when your family members sin against you, we want to be ready to forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us. And this will show the same selfless love that our Lord has shown to us. And ironically, ironically, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. If everyone in the family were looking out to meet the other's needs, because of what Jesus has done for each of us, then you know what? Everybody's needs would be met. And I pray that we are sinners, and I want you to know that you're not going to be perfect at this, but today I just wanted to give you a fresh perspective of how to look at those relationships. Always look at them in relationship to how God has treated you. And really, that should start in your house, and it should bleed out into the way that you interact with the people in every area of your life. Next week, we're going to be looking at, at the work particularly. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, by your selfless love for us, lead us to have a selfless love for others, especially those within our own family. Amen. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.